Guys, we're going to go down the whole Black Bear Rabbit Trail on this episode, and you're going to dig it. Here we go. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Western Huntsman Podcast. This is Jim Huntsman, your host, and I'm coming at you from the Broken Tine Studio right here in rainy, wet, soggy Clark Fork, Idaho. And uh, it's been, it's like been raining for 48 hours straight, and I've got this big pond built up on the property here where I can't even, you can't even walk through it. It's like halfway up my truck tire. It's pretty serious. So I'm hoping this rain lets off soon. Um, guys, I got a really good episode lined up for you today. We're, um, as I, I said in the beginning there, we're going to be talking a lot of black bear hunting, uh, black bear issues. Uh, I've got a stone cold veteran Western Huntsman podcast guest on and a newcomer, uh, joining me today. But before I bring him on, I got a couple of quick announcements. Um, the one thing I just, I, I was hoping just to, uh, real quick ask you guys, that uh, if uh, if you if you love the show if you like the show you support the show you support the message uh, what we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve out there please help us out by sharing this episode or any other episode out there um, you know you can you could take the episode and like text it to a friend that you think would benefit from the show or you could screenshot uh, the episode post on Instagram and share that there. Uh, we just appreciate any help with that. We're trying to grow the show and and um, really helps us when when you guys help us with that. So um, with that, guys, welcome back, uh, Seth Watts and my new friend Matt Drake. Guys, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks good. for having us on. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, Seth, let's start with you, man. You've you've been on the show before. We talked black bears and some of the issues we're dealing with uh, with black bear hunting seasons. And uh, last time you had all those geese in the background throughout the whole episode. <laughs> it sounds like you're recording from the same spot this time, huh? I'm I'm pulling in there, and there's no geese, so you're not going to be hearing any talking in the background this time. <laughs> I was actually I was just thinking that too before we started. Uh, yeah, I remember hearing those geese on that podcast. Yeah, he it was it was actually yeah. kind of cool. It was a good little background, I know, it was especially cool. uh, especially now. Like back then, I think that was like what was that, Seth? Like January or something? And uh, yeah, I, I think it was it was somewhere in that time frame because I was I was still in the middle of planning my spring trip out there to Idaho, and so yeah, I think that's about what it was. It was January, February, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember because I was jealous you were able to get somewhere where because we were like buried in snow and we had no geese going off where where I'm at because <laughs> it was just like that dead winter quiet for weeks on end and so <laughs> so Matt, yeah. you're down in Rigby, Idaho. Um, yeah. 
you're you're uh th- this is the first time um not only on my show but on any podcast right yeah this is the first for me i love it man i love being the first yeah, me too. it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in a weird way I yeah. see you can get your minds out of the gutter i got it i got it <laughs> um since since sometimes, you are uh, sometimes you're uh, sometimes your first will haunt you for the rest of your life yeah you never know man <laughs> this this can make or break you matt you you gotta be super careful you'll, you'll get canceled uh if you say the wrong thing or something Right, you watch what I say. <laughs> so, um, since uh, since this is your first time on the show, uh, Matt, if you don't mind, give us give us kind of a tell us who you are, where you're at, and um, what you're all about, man. Yeah, I'm from Rigby, Idaho, like you said, and um, I've been baiting bears for about 14 years now, and uh, yeah, that's that's my passion. That's what I like to do. I like to hunt bears. Uh, um, Anything bears, I like it. So um, this is actually perfect timing because uh, I just I, – I have been having a heck of a time. We've had a super, uh, like, cold spring, and so the spots oh, yeah, where I'm exactly. normally – Yeah, so where I'm normally baiting uh, – where, where, well, when I say normally baiting, this is only my second year baiting. Uh, really, it's only my third year hunting bears, so this is perfect timing because I haven't been able to get up to the spot where I had all those bears last year coming in yeah and so i had to find a new spot uh temporarily and i just set the barrel like literally was able to get to this spot a week ago uh and i've i've sat it a few times i don't really have anything hitting it yet so this is this is good timing for us to chat because i have until june 30th and uh, you guys are experts and and i could i could be really picking your brain <laughs> figure, out, <laughs> figure out how to get some of these bears in man yeah i mean that's that's some of the issue i've had this year you know uh, even like last week, I, you know, my pictures on my bait still had, you know, few inches of snow and mm-hmm. just made it challenging this year um, to get the bears moving. Yeah. You know, like, like people think you, you know, you just put a little food out and the bears come right to it. It's not true. But, you know, it, well, and that, see, you know, that, that perception is, is kind of what I got, man, because last year I set my first bait barrel. Uh, and, and I, I set my trail camera on it. When I went back, I went back two days later, I was right in the middle of moving. We were selling our house and I'm moving out. So I didn't have, it was, it was just such a hassle. But anyway, two days later, I go back and check it. And I had bears on that barrel within hours of me setting it. And the difference. So I had this thing, oh man, this is going to be easy. This is going to be super (laughs) easy. You know, not the case. Uh, I, I set my, and of course, by the time this episode comes out, things might be totally different. But as of now, yeah. I've had a little, uh, I think I was telling Seth, I had like a raccoon sized bear show up for a second and that was it. <laughs> so <laughs> at least that was something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you from my experience this year with, with, with working with Matt and, and learning about the bait. Cause I mean, I've never baited before. I've never done anything. And that's kind of how Matt and I got hooked up was, you know, through Instagram. And then we started talking and, and we probably been talking for at least a year mm-hmm. or may, maybe longer. And just, that was something I wanted to learn about and everything Matt taught me and showed me while I was there. And before I came and, and even after is, you know, you put the bait out, yeah, maybe the bears come, but those bears are so freaking smart. Yeah. Yeah. They will, 
they know when you come and they know when you leave and then they come in. So it's, it's a game of cat and mouse. Uh, just, and we had a bear that would come in and he was super selective on what he ate out of that bait. He would walk oh, really? over certain things. He, I took some, uh, some chicken up there, that, <laughs> some chicken <laughs> that I found in a dumpster next to where I was sitting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm taking, I'm taking this to the bait. And he I'm didn't even that. touch it. We thought he would just go right to it, but he didn't he, touch he the walked, chicken. He, he oh. walked right over it, and he, all he wanted the whole time was these chocolate peanut butter wafers. That was it. No kidding. So it was That's interesting crazy. to see how picky they are, and uh, and then you know after I left, Matt's had multiple bears come in and and hit that bait. I didn't get to kill off that bait, unfortunately. But it's amazing that, you know, the perception, like you guys were just talking about, that people think you just throw food out and a hundred bears are going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. That, that could be the case. And it can't be the case. Matt struggled this year. And since I was coming out there, I could tell he was feeling the pressure because we never, <laughs> we'd never met in person and he wanted it to be, you know, a successful or at least see some animals. And that wasn't happening because of the weather. And then I think other things were, you know, just the timing of the year. I think I was early. Yeah. Well, but, down there, how how late does bear season go? To? Is it is it like the fifteenth or the thirtieth? And so the, this year is the first year that it goes to the thirtieth, and it's for this reason right here, you know. Oh, gotcha. It, it lets people hunt a little longer, where you know you get a late start. I yeah. mean, it was a it was a month, I think, before I had a bear on that bait site. It's so weird too because, like, I, I've noticed, and, and we're just we're kind of talking Idaho specific. Seth's over in California, right. um, and and so, but Idaho specific, what what Seth was talking about, you know, the weather this year. And it's it's super different regionally. Like southeast Idaho is, has been way different than like southwest Idaho and the Panhandle and central. You know, everybody's kind of experiencing a little bit of a different experience in terms of how much snow we got. But I think it's consistently been wetter and cooler than most springs. Like I have a picture when I first got up to the site last year where I put my bait um, from yeah. May 7th. Here it is. We're recording this on June 4th, and I still can't get to that spot because there's these giant snow banks across yeah, the right. tops of the passes. So it's that just was, a big difference. That was my, my one bear bait site that I had. You know, I kind of just put it out in, the, in a new area because that's as far as I could get. Yeah. Because the snow levels are so high. What? And it was, it was, it was amazing that, uh, so as I'm driving out there to Idaho this year, uh-huh. nothing nothing had touched the one bait that Matt and I originally wanted to hunt. Nothing had touched it. No bears. And I was, I'm not going to lie, I was discouraged. I'm like, well, you know what? This is hunting. I'm still going out here. I'm going to have a good time no matter what. But it was amazing that once one bear hits it, it's a trickle effect. It's like, boom, it blows up. So yeah. once we had... Once Matt had a bear hit that bait, that bait exploded with multiple actions. And then the second, the, the second bait that he had had going, he had a bear hit it, and he was showing me pictures. And I'm like, that bear, 
it's the right color. I want a jet black, but it's small. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to kill Pookie. You know, I want to. I want to get. I want to get a mature bear. And uh, and so we had had another bear the day I was driving out there hit the bait that we originally wanted to hunt. Seth, so you're, you're, you're cutting out just a little bit, buddy. Is there is there like a spot you're sitting, or is are you plugged into something? I'm not. I'm not. I'm, Seth, I got a good service here. Okay, th- there better? you go. Now you sound good. Now you sound yeah, good. Sorry cool. about that. No, good. Um, a bear had hit the original bait that we wanted, and it was a good bear. So we put a lot of time into that that bait, that bear, but he was he was all over the map as far as when he was coming in, but. Uh, yeah, and that, I mean, just on that note too. I mean, like those bears come out of their dens. You know, they they're not just gorging themselves. They, I mean, they they might eat for a little bit and then you know roam off or come back a few hours later. Or they're yeah. not just gorging themselves like in the fall. Let, let I me... think where I, I think where I was going with that is you just said that or you were saying that you had one little raccoon bear hit that bait. I'm betting next time you check it, you have more than one bear that's hit it. And just because he's tracked whatever off on his feet. Yeah, I put that I put that uh, powder down, that blueberry powder. I use the the Beatum 907 stuff all over all over yeah. popcorn. And I put that powder down all over the place, around the barrel. And then I spray all the, if there's... If there's some brush around, I'll, I'll spray the heck out of that with this. Uh, it's another kind of blueberry spray scent. And Just a spray, yeah. Yeah, and that's st- – I mean, it was money last year. I had bears – I had all sorts of different bears on my, my stuff last year. That's why I really want to get up to that spot. Uh, but yeah, well, is that is that why you guys think, or how do you – how do you guys – well, um, Matt, talk to us a little bit about how you set up your bait barrel. Yeah, so I mean, like my one spot, you know, this 14 years in the same spot, and you hear people talk about having established bait sites. So, you know, I think that puts you, you know, at an advantage Mm because some of those bears grew up around that bait, you know, so I think they naturally just come check it, knowing every year there's going to be some bait there. But yeah, so I mean, I pick the same spot every year there and, and, yeah, like tons of scent, just like you said. You know, I use Boremaster and, you know, same thing, spray the trees down, even in front of the barrel, you know, so they can track it off. Yeah. And so that, that that powder stuff you're talking about, Jim, is that, is it, I wonder if that's similar to the stuff we were using made by Boremasters, man, do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think I think I've seen it before. Yeah, same I, same I'm kind sure, of. I'm sure it idea. is. I'm I'm sure it is. Um, and, and so, y- yeah, take some of that. Take some of that uh, when you're at the bait. <laughs> this works. Yeah, we have a story throw, about. <laughs> throw, throw it. Uh, throw it up in the air, and watch it carry off. Uh-huh. It made like a, bear, a cloud of. You'll, you'll make you'll have the air come from that direction in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen that happen, haven't we? <laughs> so uh, walk us through, um, Seth. Walk us through your. Well, actually, I I don't know, uh, Matt. But before we get there, um, are you are you within the actual bait barrel itself? What are you using, like popcorn, dog food, kind of thing? I mean, like, I'll buy bulk, bulk, whatever I can 
get my hands on, you know, before the season starts. Like years past, I've bought, I think I bought 1,500 pounds of M&M's. And Jeez. like this, this year, I bought 2,000 pounds of trail mix, which has been an awesome bait. Because for one, you know, they can't just sit and eat it. Yeah. Eat it because it's trail mix, so it's small, you know. And huh. yeah, and, so and the the trail mix that's that like sounds super pricey though. Oh yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah, it, it was expensive, but man, I like I know, like, not, like popcorn. I, <laughs> I do use a lot of popcorn though, do just because you know it's light. So yeah. I'm I'm a mile mile hike in in my one spot and you know it's light. Yeah, yeah. Easier on you. Yeah, for sure. And I, I just sprinkle that popcorn with that same uh, the the powder that I'm I was telling you. I, I think it's I think Batum 907 calls it sweet surrender, and it's in the blueberry oh, yeah. scent. And I just I just I'll put a little popcorn in there and then I'll spray some of that in and then I'll put more popcorn and I'll just kind of layer it. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, whatever, it works. Yeah. Do you do you take any of that popcorn and spread it around the outside of the barrel? A little bit. Uh, I also noticed that the local squirrel population will do that for me. <laughs> uh, one thing, one thing, we, one thing that we kind of learned when, or I learned when we we're up there, is if you take that bait, like the trail mix or whatever you're using, and spread it like in a giant circle around the bait, like 10, 15 yards around uh-huh. when your bait, bar- when your bait barrel gets low, those bears will still come in because they got to pick it. They have to work for it to find it. Yeah. Well, that's so a like good the idea. M&Ms, okay. So like the M and M's that are, you know, down that fell in between the leaves or whatever, or the pretzels or, you know, whatever it is, whether it's popcorn trail mix or dog food or whatever your choice is, they're going to come in there and spend hours searching for it. Yeah, one wow. at a time, one at a time, one at a time. Yeah. They get that so, in. We learned that from uh, Nick at at Masters was telling us that's kind of a trick that he did. And so when your barrel gets low, it's gonna it's gonna make them come in, and I think they kind of have fun doing it anyways. It's kind yeah, of, I think know, we're working searching for, for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a game to them, kind of thing, is what what you're saying. Yeah. So Seth, yeah. uh, I I got a question for you. So you're you're a bear killing machine, man. But this was your first time <laughs> ever uh, baiting for bears. Uh, give us the rundown as to what like your perception and expectation of baiting bears was versus what the reality of it was. Well, you know, as I as I the longer I hunt bears, I want to, you know broaden the way I hunt them. I want to, I still want to try doing a hound hunt. I still want to do more, more of the baiting. Uh, cause we can't, I can't experience that here in California. It's all, yeah. we don't have a spring hunt. We can't hunt with dogs and we can't bait. So I'm limited here. And I don't know what my perception really was of baiting bears before I went other than I knew it was going to be hard work. Um, not, I didn't know it was going to be as hard as it is um the amount of time that matt puts in packing bait you know driving to his bait you know checking it constantly keeping it full uh i think it's 
10 times more work than, you know, me running the, the amount of cameras I do. I mean, I don't even know how many miles he puts on, but, uh, I learned a lot in my respect for people that bait bears has grown tenfold just because of the amount of work. I think that the perception that people don't think about, and I've had conversations with people on Instagram about this, that message me and go, baiting bears is wrong and it's cheating or it's whatever. And I'm I'm like, listen, and I'll, and this is exactly what I say to them. I go by, by baiting bears, it gives me the opportunity to select a bear um, that is mature. I'm able to pass on, you know, a young bear versus an older bear or a sow versus a boar. You can be selective. Now that doesn't mean, I mean, you may only have one bear hit your bait, so you may not be able to be as selective as some, but, you know, the amount of people that I know when they're out bear hunting, well, it's a, it's a, oh shit moment. Bear, shoot, bang, dead. Yeah, exactly. So it's the same thing with, I think that I would think after I hunt with dogs, when I get to do that opportunity, those guys get to tree a bear. And be selected. Yep. Make a call whether or not that's the right bear. I'll give you a perfect story, like an example. And this is, I think, what people that sit on the Washington, uh, you know, Fish and Game Commission or like the California Game Commission uh, or whatever, Wildlife Commission, whatever you guys call it down there. Um, I wish all the states just had the same damn name for a, a, a fish and game agency. They used to be called fishing games. I know. I know. Fishing wildlife now. Somebody, yeah. somebody didn't like the name game. Well, it's, it's so and, much more you know, politically correct to call them wildlife than game. I mean, what kind of savage beast wants to call animals <laughs> game animal? <laughs> <laughs> but well, I'll, I'll give you a before, great example, man. Um, that. That bait I, I was telling you last year, you know, if I was spot uh, a spot and stalking for this this particular bear that that first popped into view, I would have whacked her immediately. Um, but I knew she was coming to the bait barrel, so I just sat there because if 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 she was coming to the bait barrel, I knew my my wind was good. Um, I would have had a better shot, right? And so I just sat there. And I don't know, three, four minutes go by, and she starts making her way. And at this, this point, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure if it was a sow or a boar, uh, making her way to the barrel. And then suddenly, out pops two little cubs, chasing, uh, chasing each other up the trees all, all around the bait barrel. And they were having a ball with this uh, scent ball thing that uh, the, uh, again, the, the, the Batum folks sent me. Um, you know uh-huh. those, those things you hang in the tree. Um, yeah, yeah. Those suckers were having a ball. It was like a playground <laughs> to them trying to get to this this scent ball uh, that I had hung. But but because I was baiting, I was able to be patient enough to determine that this was a sow with cubs. Where uh, I I feel like, and I don't know, I've never really been in this situation, but I would have been so excited, spot and stock, or, or just still hunting or whatever, coming across that bear, I probably would have I, I probably would have sauced her. You know what I mean? And so right. I, no, that, that's, that rem- go ahead. That totally reminds me. It reminds me that situation reminds me of the first, my first bear experience I had, I didn't have a bear tag and I, I spotted this, you know, beautiful giant bear in this, in this tree. And as fast as I saw her, if I would have had a tag, I would have shot her. And with, as she took off out of the tree, 
couple minutes later, I noticed two tubs. Yeah. So it teaches you whether you're doing spot and stock or not. Be a little patient and watch for as long as you can before you make the decision to, you know, pull the trigger or let the arrow fly. Yeah. And before I, before I forget, when, when I talk to people on social media and we message back and forth about the baiting, most of the time after I tell them, you know, hey, this gives me the opportunity to be selective and make the right decision, they usually change their mind and go, you know what? I never thought about it like that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's you, just, I was it's guilty just of another, yeah. it's just another game management tool. It's just even, like the even just a, just a younger bear too, you know, not only that you can, you know, selective, more selective, with, you know, not yeah. shooting a younger bear, yeah. you know, three, four year old bear. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think um, it's nice for me for a guy that is, doesn't have like like you, Matt, and, and you, Seth, you guys have all this experience hunting bears. I never really got into it. My focus was always, you know, deer and elk, deer and elk, deer and elk. That's all I cared about until it was literally I, I started doing this show and I started getting all this information about bear hunting. And it was funny, too, because when I didn't bear hunt, um, I had bear tags in my pocket, and I would see bears constantly, man. I mean, I always ran into <laughs> bears, and I'm like, man, if I shoot that bear, it's gonna it's gonna mess up my uh, my elk hunt or my deer hunt, whatever I'm out there doing, right? And it was always in the fall, but I'd see bears yeah. constantly. And as soon as I started taking bear hunting serious, I never I never see them now. Now you know, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd chase them up a tree all the time, and I'd get under the tree and I'd kind of talk to them and Hey, bear, what are you doing up there? You know, and I'd walk <laughs> off and just leave them. And uh, I never really cared until I started hunting them. <laughs> and now I never see, see them. They're, so they're smart. They're smart they animals. They are, man. They know. They're like. They're like that dude's not going to shoot us. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Um, but it. I like what Seth was just saying. I had that perception, especially about like bear baiting or whatever. Um, as a beginner, though, you know, a, a new guy at this, um, I I don't have a lot of reason to be selective or too picky with a bear. I should just you know have the mentality. Let's just get a bear and have the experience kind of thing. But I'm not like that. Like I, I want a good bear. My first bear, I want it to be a really good bear. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to be a monster, but I'm not going to shoot a raccoon-sized bear either. Um, I, and I don't know how. <laughs> do you guys have a recommendation? My buddy Jeff Morris, uh, who's been on the show, he has this. Uh, he talks about, you know, if the bear comes in, you know, on all fours and it could basically lick the top of the barrel, that's a shooter. Uh, do you guys have advice as to kind of how to fill gauge size wise, you know, a bear, uh, and what, what you look for to determine whether or not you're going to take a shot at it? Well, I will say this from my experience, I've hunted Montana, I've hunted Idaho now, um, and I hunt California, the bears in Idaho and the bears in Montana are way harder to judge than the bears here in California. And it has to do with their hair. The, 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 the hair on a bear out in your guys' states is five times longer. And oh, so they're really? puffy. They're puffy. If you see a bear here in California yeah. and it's and it looks big, it's big. Mm. I I shot a bear in Montana a couple years ago that after I sh- after I shot it and I got to it, I'm like, man, I don't know. Is that <laughs> is that the bear I shot? Because I was I was shocked. <laughs> Yeah. And I was, uh, it was just, they're way different. It's just, and obviously it's the climate, you know, that's so hot here that they can't 
have that long hair that it takes to survive in a state that gets extremely cold. So a, a bear that looks big in California, they're big. A bear back there can be, de- it's deceiving, at least to me. And I mean, I don't have a ton of no, experience. It, it, is, it is for me yeah. too, man. Like I, I have a hard time. If I'm elk hunting and I see, I if, if I see horns on a deer or an elk, uh, I know immediately generally what like uh like and i don't i don't really care to score anything i don't score my my antlers or anything but i use scoring as like a reference point i could tell immediately if if this bull is a 250 or a 300 or or bigger you know i could tell immediately on a buck if it's a 110 to 200 you know which i would probably faint and piss myself if i saw a 200 inch buck in the but um just because that's not the genetics here but anyway the point is with bears i don't have that ability i can't i can't really gauge them unless they're like maybe against my barrel so matt what about you you got some uh, yeah. words of wisdom on that yeah that i mean same kind of thing like i have my camera in the same spot every year so you know with the say the second ring on the barrel i can you know if it's this level with the bear's back i mean you can kind of judge and see how big that bear is and, and just off your camera, off your, you know, having it in the same spot and, Uh and Uh uh, having those kind of field points where you can, you know, see how tall they are. I thought about, I I thought about, you know, jokingly, I was, I was actually, I took my girls up to the the bait site and I told them jokingly that uh, what we need to do is take a yardstick and kind of prop it up on the tree next to my barrel so that as the bear walks by it, I can tell how tall it is. <laughs> half, of, half of it might be, half of it might be hair. Yeah, exactly. right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I think one, one way if you have the, the ability to watch them is, is how they walk, how they swagger, especially with a boar. A big boar is going to have a strut about him to where he's like, I'm the boss and this is my area. So, Sal's not so much, but a big boar will have a, a walk about him to where. And some of that has been game game cameras. You know, you can turn them to video mode, and you can see more of that. Oh, that's a great yeah, idea. Run, I should do that. I should turn mine to video mode. Yeah, it, it changes you, you the will, field big time. You you will not regret running video i I've, I, I've never done it that way i've just always been i my my I, it's just my dumb primal you know simple mind i'm always like yeah i just want the picture and and so every time wow. I, I, I just always set it to the picture well so if, it, if, if it's an area that you're not going to go very often and your sd card could fill up you know somewhat quick if a bear sits there for a half hour you're going to yeah, have 100 videos of them but but if you're Usually a bait barrel, you're checking it somewhat consistently. So I would run video because once I started running video, I never stopped because some bears look identical in a photo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Often, uh, yeah. Once you start watching videos, they all walk a little bit different. They all act a little bit different. And so when I go through all my videos, I can pick out, nope, different bear, different bear, different bear. Oh, this is, you know, I got a bear. I'm starting to name my bears, you know. I got a Scarface <laughs> that I watch. I know. Uh, the Scarface uh, one, dude, that one you texted me or whatever. Holy cow, dude. Yeah, that was is, a big bear. He is, uh, that bear, I put that on my Instagram, yeah, but he is, 
that bear, I'll bet you that bear's pushing 20 years old. Yeah. His he, face yeah. is just thrashed. And he's he's actually smaller this year than he was last year. And I have video of him basically at the same time. So I would love to put my hands on him just because, I mean, at some point he's going to really start to struggle to survive. So I'd almost be doing him a favor. Yeah, but for sure. It's just... I don't know. You can learn so much from the videos and just uh, how they walk and how they stomp and how they just do some, they do some cool stuff. Even, even if it's a five second or a 10 second video, it's, it's, it's enough for you to see that too. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to, I'm going to try to do that when I, cause I'm going after we record today, I'm actually heading back up to my, if uh, actually this is going to lead to a question for you guys, but I'm going to be heading back up to my, my, my bait site um, and I'm going to see if I could remember, I don't have the instructions to this particular, oh, you know what I do right here, shoot, buried under all this shit on my desk. <laughs> I, I found the, I found the manual to that troll camera. I've got like four different types of troll cameras up there that when I'm not running the reveals in service, you know, um, yeah. I'll figure out how to set that. So, so that leads me to another question. It's, it's been, so the first part of earlier this week, um, again, this is, this is total ignorance on my part. Um, but hopefully there's a lot of listeners out there that have the same kind of question. Uh, earlier this week, it's been, it's been fairly warm, very mild, sunny, uh, warm, kind of drying. I, I've been watching snow melt in massive numbers. And then two days ago, it started raining and it basically hasn't stopped since to include one hell of a, uh, like lightning, uh, thunderstorm that came in last night. Uh, I got soaked last night sitting on my bait. Um, <laughs> you know just i mean it was a downpour so the the question i have for me i don't i don't really care if it's raining i feel like bears will hit it but uh am i wasting my time or or bears going to be coming in even in the rain i mean i think we've i've killed bears in between storms too like if it lets off yeah it seems like they start moving again but you know, when it's raining, I, I think it just kills all the scent everywhere. So they, they kind of just hunker down, too. I, I Yeah, that's kind of what my thought is. So do you think after – once this storm – it's actually not even going to leave until – it's supposed to let up about 5, 6 o'clock tonight. And that gives me like two hours. Um, my barrel's only about 25 minutes away. And – then then it's supposed to come back in you know later on tonight or whatever so i i feel like tonight's a good opportunity to sit because it's supposed to be cleared up and i'm I'm hoping it gets them pretty enthusiastic to move around and check some new stuff out however once once this storm comes back and it's it's going to rain all day tomorrow and apparently into monday morning then it clears out. Do you think I need to go back in and just like rescent the thing, um, like start from scratch, or just kind of refresh it, or what? What do you What do you usually do in that kind of scenario? Yeah, and, that, and that's some of the problem I had this year too. Is that same thing? I I go up, spray everything down, put scent out, and it would snow or rain, and you know, which kind of just drowns all that scent out. And so yeah, I mean, definitely go back up, put some more of it out as much as you can in between storms and, and, and then, yeah, sit it, sit the bait. Okay. And, uh, you, you can't kill at home. I'm, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, take one of your old dirty shirts and leave it up there. Oh, I did. I did do that. I've got, I've got one yeah. of my shirts. I tied it to a tree branch about, I don't know, 20 feet from the barrel. 
pee on it. That's what Matt does. Matt's up there peeing on everything. And I'm like, whoa, bro, what are we doing? He goes, I'm laying down my own scent. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, no kidding. Tell me about that. So you, you pee I'm, on yeah, it. I'm up there. I'm up there peeing in a bottle, you know. That's usually like, what I do. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, when I first started baiting bears, I, you know, I was, I was really picky on no scent, you know, take a shower before you go. Don't, don't put anything on rubber boots, rubber gloves. But like over the years, I've learned that, you know, my scent being there, they get used to like, oh, it's just him, you know? Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like before I go, you know, I'll, I'll make sure I wear my same cologne or deodorant or like, yeah, every time I go bait, you know, I pee right there on it. So you wear cologne when you're up there with the bears, huh? Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's what me and Seth were joking. I was like, hey, would it have been weird to, hey, can you send me some dirty underwear? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, man, that dirty was underwear, kind of axe body spray. That was kind of my thing was like, I'm not, I wasn't, I don't hit that. I don't go to that bait ever. So for me to pee there, I was like, I'm worried that, this would be a new scent that might, you know, make the bear a little bit skittish. Matt, he's doing the right thing. He's the one that's usually hunting that bait, leaving his scent there. It's going to give him an advantage and maybe just enough an advantage for that bear to make a mistake as he comes in or she comes in or whatever and be like, eh, I know who that is. That's, you know, that's the guy who's leaving me food basically. And it might give him that chance to kill. As to where me, I'm a new scent, so we kind of, we went back and forth while I was there. It was like, are they not coming in because I'm here and I'm the, I'm the familiar, you know, smell. So we talked about, like, I should have sent a shirt out, you know, that I had worn all day and not washed. And he could just left it there to where it would have been something that they would have been yeah. familiar with. And there's going to be people out there that are 100% completely agree disagree with what oh, yeah. right now. Oh, I'll hear sure. it right now. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm totally sure that that's it doesn't matter what you say, man. There's going to there's going to be some haters out there, but uh I think yeah, I, I, I want to say it was Joe, uh my buddy Joe over at the Western Bear Foundation <clears throat> that that told me that to leave his yeah, shirt. Yeah, I think I heard him say that too, yeah. Yeah, and and he talked um, about how like the bears like they know they're doing something wrong. Like they they know they're not supposed to risk versus reward, yeah. Exactly. And so yeah. he he kind of implied, I don't want to put words in his mouth cuz I don't I don't remember exactly how he put it, but implied that, you I'm know, saying. it's it's not a terrible idea to have your scent around there because then it's not as alarming. Uh, when you're you, when you're actually there, because I don't have a tree stand, I set up like this ground blind out of logs uh, that yeah. I'm sitting in. It's a pretty sweet shot too. Um, I'm a little far away from my bow, but and I have no way of getting any closer to this spot, so I'm I'm using a rifle. Uh-huh. But but I don't care. I'm not picky. Um, anyway, yeah. So I think that's I think that's good advice. I, I think that's good. Yeah, advice. Yeah, I mean over over the years I learned that just because I mean we're we're regular guys with regular jobs and. So some of the times I was, you know, just in my work clothes, you know, had a second to go bait the bait and, and, uh, yeah, just noticed that, that they didn't mind it. You know, interestingly, um, what I, what I did this last deer hunting season for whitetails for my daughters is, uh, I set some ground blinds up where on these kind of corridors where these little whitetail bucks are kind of moving through on, on my property. 
because we've got oh, uh, we've got some acreage here where, that we live on, and there's tons of whitetail on it. And I thought, man, that'll be perfect. Get the get the girls to shoot a couple of young bucks because they taste the best. <laughs> so, um, the, anyway, the point is, is my girls are like all over the property all the time, right? They're just they're super busy. You know, they've got their little areas they like to go take the dogs, and and you know they're wearing the they they use like the shampoo and conditioner my wife buys that smells like a freaking department store or whatever. Um, and they never changed any of that up where I, I was like, if I'm, if I'm hunting whitetail like that, I'm usually super anal. I, I wash down with the, the no spray or I mean the no scent soap, you know, (laughs) and use the scentless deodorant and all this stuff and, and spray my clothes down. And, uh, I think that's, that's good for big bucks, but I swear these, these smaller, younger bucks, they were like either year and a half or two and a half year olds. Um, I'd take my girls out there and I could smell them. But they're out there all the time, and the bucks didn't care. It was like they knew. They 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 like didn't care. They were used to it. So I I and that's just kind of what I gathered from it. And I imagine that that would translate pretty well to bear hunting. Except yeah, exactly. Here. Those those bears get close to the bait, and they you know they whether they smell my cologne or whatever, then they're like, oh, you know, I've smelled this before, and nothing's happened. So or or they smell it and they think food yeah yeah or like yeah. oh he must have came up and baited the bait so yeah added more to it i'm hungry i'm gonna go check it out huh well okay. i know that i know that where i run cameras i'll run cameras on a you know trees that are not rub trees they will eventually become a, a rub tree because the bear smells me and he rubs it like nah dude this is my tree and you're in my area so they're competing with me on being territorial oh interesting okay i gotta oh i don't think i don't think that they i mean obviously care about your scent it's gonna make them nervous no matter what yeah but your scent being there is an advantage and i think you know all that the the no scent shampoo and all that stuff i mean i'm sure that's all fine and dandy but no matter what you do you're gonna leave some sort of scent there you can't exactly you're not like in a sterile hospital setting so you got, you know, that's just, it is what it is. And you just got to try to beat them enough, beat their nose enough for them to make a mistake for you to get an opportunity. See, and I, I think it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what game you're pursuing. Their nose is obviously going to be a lot better than you. You're never going to beat the nose and you're never going to totally eliminate all of your smell. I think when it's like my, my objective, when I'm hunting some, when I'm doing some kind of stand hunt, you know, whether it's a ground blind or whatever, whitetail, bear, whatever, uh, my goal is to, instead of being, having, uh, going in there with like this big dramatic smell of old spice deodorant and, you know, whatever, (laughs) you know, I, I just want to reduce the, the, the dramatics of it, if that makes sense. And, and it, it, it can't do anything but help. And so I think that I think that people need to understand that when you're when you're like spraying yourself down with that scent scent free, scent away, whatever, you know, stuff you get at the you know, sporting goods store, right. you're not eliminating your scent. You're just trying to reduce it a little bit so instead they go, Oh wow, that is strong, that is potent, I'm out of here. They go, mm-hmm. Man, what was that? I, I I just caught a whiff of something, but I'm not totally sure. I don't know if I'm gonna take off or not, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I no, I, it makes total sense. You're just 
like you say, you're trying to mask it just a little bit. Yeah. Um, you don't, I mean, if you went up there just stinking to high heaven, you might get a big boar come in and be like, well, I think you're another big boar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? Like, yep. Run him out of here. Drink. I just think that, I think that, I mean, I'm not a big deer hunter, so, I mean, I love hunting deer. I'm just, I've never been that successful at it, but, um, I just have learned from running cameras and watching and running it on video that my scent for as often as I check my cameras has not affected any area I've run cameras. In fact, it makes them, it, when they come in, they seem more curious. They start rubbing on my, on my camera. Yeah. That's kind of why you said it's like they go right to your camera. Yeah. Yeah, they're, They're curious. So I mean, the baiting thing is, is different because uh, I just totally had a brain fart of where I was going with that. But anyways, scent is scent. You're never going to be able to kill it completely. Let's take a quick break to give our show sponsors some well-deserved love. Let's start with Scree Extreme Mountain Gear. High-performance hunting attire and gear. Scientifically tested camo patterns. Complete layering systems. And in my opinion, the finest merino wool products to keep you warm, dry, and comfortable. It's all backed by a great company. Some of my personal favorites of the in the screen lineup are the hard scrabble pants uh, for early to mid-season. And then as it gets colder, I switch to the Kodiak pants for late season. The Bridger glassing mitts are like game changers, and I love the Nebo rain gear. Scree offers great packages on the website as bundles, like the elk bundle, that will completely outfit you for your favorite hunt. Oh, and my favorite part? You won't need to refinance your house to get outfitted. Try the starter bundle for less than 500 bucks. It's an insane deal. With the VIP sizing guarantee, you can exchange something that doesn't fit for free. I just had to do this for something that I got my wife. It was a little big, so I just sent it back. They covered the shipping both ways and exchanged it for the right size. So go to ScreeGear.com and at checkout, use promo code the Western Huntsman for 15% off and free shipping. Phelps Game Calls, one thing that I love about companies that are born out of hunting is their story. Like Phelps Game Calls, the American success story that walks us through how something started small and grew into something big. Like Phelps, he started this company kind of as a hobby in his garage in 2009. Now, a little over a decade later, Phelps is one of the premier hunting call companies on the planet for good reason. They're the most realistic calls on the market, and that is saying something. Check out the AMP lineup. For predator calls like the 3-pack POR123 or the Fawn in Distress, check those out. Turkey calls, get a diaphragm, a pot call, or a box call, and a complete line of waterfowl calls. Hit up the website, and at checkout, use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Phelps Game Calls, get them close. The Elk Collective. The best investment for hunting success is what's between your ears. Having elk hunting knowledge is what separates those who succeed every once in a while against those who notch tags every year. There's a very fine line there, and there's a perfect amount of time for listening to this now to get through the entire course before September. Improve your chances with a virtual course of over 140 videos that cover things like how to get elk tags throughout the West, scouting and e-scouting, Beginner to advanced elk calling, gear, fitness, nutrition, shooting processes, hunting scenarios, strategies, and tons more. They've got some very big names 
on this platform that give you their personal expertise as you go through the course. It's the best way to make you the best elk hunter as you get into the woods. So go to theelkcollective.com and use promo code the Western Huntsman for $20 off. It's normally $89, so when you use my promo code, it's going to be the best $69 you've spent on elk hunting, and I guarantee you it's worth every penny. Check it out, guys. Hoffman Boots, let me give you guys a piece of advice from a dude with many miles on his feet. Never skimp on quality hunting boots. Hoffman Boots is a fourth-generation, family-owned company based in North Idaho. I've been sporting a pair of Hoffmans for close to a decade, particularly I like the Hoffman Explorer and the 8-inch. In my most humble opinion, again, Hoffman offers the most comfortable hunting boot that does the least amount of damage to my feet after several miles on the mountain. Very little break-in period on these boots, by the way. Uh, I took them right out of the box and went on a crazy elk hunt, not even a blister. For hunting, they have the Explorers and the Summit Boot offered in insulated and non-insulated. And ladies, check out the new women's Hoffman Explorer 400. They also carry lineman boots, winter pack boots, logging boots, and hiking boots. Get totally outfitted at HoffmanBoots.com and at checkout. As you know, it's coming. Use promo code, all caps lock, HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. Last but not least, Tacticam. If you're interested in self-filming your hunts, whether for you know memories or making hunting content, check out the Tacticam products like the Spotter LR, Tacticam 5.0, and the Film Through Scope system, all of which are available at thewesternhuntsman.com, which helps support our fight against the anti-hunting movement. But my favorite is the Tacticam Reveal cell cams. I use these cell cams all over my property, and I'm like obsessed with monitoring the wildlife in real time with these cameras. They not only text me instantly when a buck or a bear is cruising through, my reveals make for excellent security systems. I know when the FedEx dude is delivering packages way down at the bottom of our driveway. And I also know if some knucklehead shows up to try to steal them. I know when someone's trespassing or if I have the kind of wildlife roaming around that I don't want, you know, like a coyote. And uh, I quickly react with my cat-like reflexes. Great for trappers, great for hunters, uh, security, anything. Guys, check it out at Tacticam.com because I don't have the reveals on my website right now. Uh, Let them know I sent you. Tacticam.com. Let's get back to the show. Here we go. Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, that actually. Uh, so Matt, I got I got a question for you on uh, yeah. going back to the actual strategy of baiting. How do you determine where to put a bait barrel? You know, like I, for me, I I like I like like deep dark forest. You know, that's where those bears are most comfortable. And if you do have a bait site, you know, they're more likely with the cover of the forest to come down to your bait site in the deep, dark forest. Do you have Thicker an, the trees, the better. Do you have an opinion as to, like, um, elevation preference in terms of, like, how that relates to, are you looking for mid-slope, uh, upper slope, lower lower end of the drainage kind of thing? Uh, yeah, or, like uh, the my one bait site, I mean, actually both of them are, or or in the bottom of the drainage, kind of where it plateaus out, you know, maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like a two cricks in the drainage where it splits, just right up in the top. Oh, top gotcha. Plateau of it. Yeah. Okay. But, I, I know there's, know. I know like up where we're at, you got to be a certain, you know, 100 feet or something like, I, I, I yeah, don't quote I, me on that from, from any kind of crick, but. 
Um, yeah, same, same here. It's two, yeah, 200 feet. 200 feet. Okay. And yeah. so I just, I, I'm always, uh, I try to be super aware of like, um, I don't ever want somebody to get a ticket and be like, well, I heard this on the Western <laughs> you, <Podcast>. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, there's um, definitely rules, you know, being away from the creek and, and a road. Yeah. Yeah. And a road. I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get Matt to Instagram do more posts about how he baits his strategies. You know, he can go into the regulations if he wants to, but like there's so many people out there like me that are curious about it that, and they want to learn about it. And Matt has the knowledge and he proved that to me when I, when we hunted together this year that he can, he has so much to offer just by telling people, you know, his, his strategies how he does things and well that's a good point so much he has he has so much opportunity i told him the whole time i'm there i'm like yeah he did you have so much opportunity for content for social media to share with people you know versus me i'm super limited i can't bait i can't run dogs i don't have elk running around i don't have moose running around you know he has, I mean, he's living like in a zoo basically to where, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you got to share this with people because people love seeing it. So Matt, that, uh, Seth brings up a great point, man. Like what can you, can you describe what you think your baiting strategy, how that separates from maybe some other people out there that, that, uh, bait? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, just uh, like Seth said, some of the content, you you know, you could show, you know, maybe like how I bait, what I bait with, and, and, and you know, show people that way. Yeah, and I've, ways that I've been successful, you know, and, mm-hmm. and baiting them and show that more. So, uh, oh, I mean, he could show, he could show how that one bear came in and how picky he was. I mean, there's so much stuff he could like, dive you know, into about how this bear likes apples, but this bear doesn't. He just wants to chop. I mean, there he could go down so many rabbit holes and teach stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would, I would love like that kind of stuff. You win the one out, you know. Sometimes those bears know you're there. You, they hear you walk in, you know. So maybe you have two guys walk in and one walk out. You know, it might throw them off. Yeah, we were gonna. We were actually when when we were struggling to get that one bear that I was after to come in. Uh, we that was gonna be our next thing is where we were both gonna hike in. We were both gonna hit sit the stand. Uh, Matt's setup is he's got, and maybe I should let him tell you his setup. But what we were gonna do is we were both gonna go in and hunt, and then maybe if nothing comes in, have. Cause I mean, I was the one that was trying to get the bear. Matt was just kind of helping me out, but we were going to have him maybe leave like two hours earlier. And those bears are usually close enough by. They probably can either see you or they can at least hear you. And so once he left, we were hoping the bear would come in and be like, okay, they're gone. Yeah. And then I'd be there, you know, waiting to fling an arrow. So, I mean, it, and we kind of, we kind of experienced that when, we abandoned, I wouldn't say we abandoned the bait. The bait we were sitting was a tree stand, was a tree stand hunt. And that was kind of my main goal. My main goal was to fill a tag out there, but my other goal was to 
to kill over a bait out of a tree stand with my bow. I, I didn't get to experience that because the, the, the last couple days I was going to be there, it was going to be really windy. And I was like, I don't really want to be sitting 25 feet up in a tree <laughs> and it's windy as hell. And you know, bears don't like the wind anyway. So let's go to a different unit and check out another bait you're running. So that's what we decided to do. Um, we got up there and this is kind of going into that two, two in one out. We, we check his bait. We, we pack in some bait. His bait had been demolished. And I mean, it was just there. It looked like cows had been in there. So we we baited up, we baited up and I take some of that bore masters. It's like that. What's it called, Matt? Um, the, uh, the, the stuff is supposed to be a hundred times sweeter than sugar. What yeah, do they call it's, it? it's the stuff you mix with popcorn and dog food too. So um, yeah. carnival, it's it was carnivore candy flavor. Anyways, I took it and I kind of threw some up in the air, and it was and you funny. Can see that Matt and I both looked at each other and we're like, "Dude, look how far that's carrying!" Huh. All the way down the ridge top, and we're just like, "Holy cow, that's crazy!" <laughs> I'm gonna and try so, that. So we got we hiked back out. Uh, down to his side by side and our plan was to drive around the other side of the mountain hike over the top and come down and sit on top of that bait from a different angle well by the time we did that and we come hiking over we were probably having trouble trouble relocating the bait because we'd never we'd never done it before mm-hmm. and and as we're minutes. sneaking down because we could tell we're getting close on the bait and he's running off and i'm like holy shit there's already a bear and so <laughs> 20 minutes to, yeah wow and, and so, so i like tried 20 minutes from the time you threw that stuff into the air there was a bear on the it. razor came back in I'll yeah there. i'll bet it was no it was 20 minutes what what I mean, was that it, it probably what was that was. last part you said seth for some reason you'd like go quiet and then your voice comes slowly back in I, i'm not sure what's going <laughs> on these freaking stupid pods or what let me try something here uh yeah yeah i sorry is that better yeah that sounds good yeah that's better yeah that does sound i think my i think my apple pods are dying um you i don't even think you gotta clean the earwax out of them brother (laughs) (laughs) i don't yeah well they're my wife so you're gonna have to talk to her oh man don't let her listen i don't want her to get offended Um, no i don't even think it was I would be shocked if it was 20 minutes by the time we circled back. Yeah. But that I tried to get on that bear and it was a beautiful blonde. I probably could have got a shot, but it would have been a hurried shot. And he wasn't, it wasn't that great of a bear anyways. And so, anyway, we got situated. We sat back down to where we wanted to be. Um, I should have brought my bow because it was bow range, but being that, I'd never been there before. I kind of just opted to take my rifle that day. I'm like, you know what? We're going to be in some big area. I'm not a great bow hunter anyway, so I'm just going to take the rifle. But um, that bear came back. At least I think it was the same bear. Matt thinks it's a different bear two hours <laughs> later. In fact, what's funny about that is it was cold as shit up there. Like, and it was snowing on and, and off. it was snowing, snowing really? on and off. Getting snowed yeah. and so, what kind of What kind of I'm elevation like, were you guys at? We're about 8,000 feet. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gotcha. And so I'm in my puffies, freezing 
freezing my California nuts <laughs> off. And so I, I moved, I actually moved up the hill a little bit into some sun and I, and I fell asleep <laughs> and Matt, all of a sudden, you know, I don't know how long it had been. All of a sudden Matt's waking me up going, there's a bear, there's a bear coming in. And, uh, and anyways, I, I don't know if I was loud and that bear took off, you know, as I kind of woke up, but, um, I think that was, was funny because oh. Seth was like, did you get that on video? And I'm like, get what on this? Me sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought it was funny. I was like, of course I fall asleep because I'm cold and, and yeah. we've been up. With that warm you know, sun. And, yeah. yeah, it drains you. It drains you. But you, you Anyways, ended up I had a, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, two hours. Was it two hours later or late? I think it was probably an hour later. Yeah, an hour later. Jet Black came yeah. in and... Uh, we watched it for a while or not a while in five minutes. And it was like, all right, well, you know, it's the right color. It's a good bear. And, and, and the rest is history. I mean, it was, uh, same was thing a, like that. You get time to, you know, sit there and study it. Yeah. You know, is this the right bear? Is, is, you know, you can be picky. Yeah. You're picky with it. And I mean, you can make that decision. Huh. That's so, awesome. Jim, do you ever do you ever see the Boremaster stuff that far north, or is it is it kind of like the state is? It's the popularity of the Batum nine hundred seven is up that way, and and the Boremasters has kind of got the southern part of the state. Or no, I actually I actually was referred to Batum nine hundred seven by somebody in southern Idaho. Uh, I think they're Ooh. in Boise, um, but uh, yeah, that so. I I don't know. I think that what it what it is is you know for me like a lot of things that I either promote or um, you know some of the sponsorships on the show, a lot of it is just relationship. Um, I I got referred to right. to the lady that owns Batum 907. Uh, I ended up getting her on the show to talk about bear baiting a couple years ago, um, and uh, I I she actually sent me a box of stuff to try. Uh, and I've since bought a lot of stuff from her and I've just, it, it works. And I, I know that the Boremasters works. I don't, I don't have an opinion if one works more than the other one because I, I've never tried Boremasters. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have anything positive or negative to say, uh, about, uh, about Boremasters other, other than, uh, the, the Beatum 907 stuff for me. The lady that owns it, uh, she's she's kind of become a friend, and so I'm I'm faithful to that product, and it works very well for me, and I know that there's a lot of people that use the Boremasters, and and it works very well for them. So I, I again I just I don't really promote one or the other over the other, other than I have a promo code for uh, Beatum 907 stuff. Does that yeah. make sense? No, I was just, I, no, totally. I was just curious of like you know you know how it is in certain parts of the state, certain yeah. products, no matter what they are, are just more popular there and yeah and a lot of it is people just may have never heard of the other one so no, i, I, didn't I know, know there's just- there's there's guys up here that that get the bore masters um but but usually on a, you know just generally speaking the north idaho folks are, are tend to be a lot more smart uh and uh, <laughs> 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 just kidding but um, yeah, I know I know oh, there's man. I know there's people that use the Boremaster stuff up here. I've I've actually and I've like you said, relationships. You know, yeah. you, it's all a relationship you, thing. You get yeah. to know somebody and yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's like my it's uh you know a lot of it's like my Hoffman boots. Um, 
you know, I, I, I know the owner of Hoffman Boots. Uh, he's he's uh, more than just an acquaintance. And so, you know, I, I've been running his boots for a long, long time, and they've never failed me. They're, it's a good product. Now, if I have a friend that has a product and it's shit, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna roll with it. And, uh, you, you know, and I'll tell them. But uh, it's it's that kind of thing. It's more of a relationship than it is anything. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I noticed when I was in Montana hunting that everybody wore uh, what are those boots? The Schnees. No, the Kenetrek. Kenetrek. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody wore them, and I'm like, oh, I never see those in California. So it's you know, it's a, yeah. in an area yeah. by area where things are popular. You know, California, everybody's, you know, we're all wearing Birkenstocks, so you know, we don't even wear boots. <laughs> 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 no, yep. it's uh. <clears throat> I was in Spokane and saw a storefront that said Birkenstocks, and and I thought it was a joke. I took a I, I, oh you know what I don't think I ever t- I was gonna take a picture and send it to my buddy Guy, but I I can't give him a hard time because he doesn't live in California anymore. <laughs> he got out. He, he got, got out, out, man. He escaped. <laughs> he escaped. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's not so bad here in California. I honestly think. And I'm sure a lot of people will disagree, but I actually think that Washington and Oregon are, are a lot more uh, left wing than California. California's got a bad name, but I mean, look at look what happened this year with the bear hunting in Washington and look what happened with it here uh, in California. You know, our our commission here in California, you got to give them credit. They followed the science. Yeah, they did. They, they did, and, the and, and I'll be honest. I I was uh, investigating that whole thing um, and kind of looking at all the commission members, and I and I thought for sure emotion was going to take the day in California. Uh, so I was surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised, and and I think that Washington and Oregon, uh, and and I would put California into this this uh, mix there, Seth. Is what it is is you have these. Super high dense areas like Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, and they're so populated, and the and the 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 fanatics in those areas are so loud and vocal, and and it makes people think that they've got all this sway and perva- uh, you know persuasiveness or something. I don't know what's going on with that, but like I live I live less than um, well, it takes me about an hour to get to Washington now. Um, but I, you know, for my day job, my office is in Spokane, Washington. It's two hours away from me. Um, and, and so I go in, you know, once a week or whatever, uh, to show my smiling face and, you know, you go, you go to Spokane, Washington there, the mentality is really not any different than Idaho. Uh, and most of Washington is like that. Like I travel all over Washington for my job, central Washington. I'm in the tri cities to Moses Lake, to Yakima, to, you know, Wenatchee. All these areas is normal America. It's when you cross that pass and drop down into like Seattle, Tacoma, the whole just men- mentality changes, and and there is like this 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 feeling this, and I don't mean actual rain clouds because it's Seattle, but there's like this dreadfulness about. It, the wrong move, and you're going to get so overly prejudged by these left-wing extremists because you well, might – I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going uh, with this. You know, like – well, I think I know where you're going with it. Is People in, like, those areas like San Francisco or L.A. or whatever, they're out of touch with with wildlife. Yeah, they they're, totally are. They don't, they're, they're not they're, – they're watching too much Disney. Um, you know, they're not – 
they don't experience being out in the wildlife and what it's like. Well, what's going to happen is when they take away all this stuff, the wildlife is going to come to them because they don't have the healthy fear of humans. And they're already seeing that in Washington where they're having bears coming into the neighborhood. And, you know, that's going to happen no matter what. But as the wildlife populations grow, the wildlife has to spread out. Yeah. You know, because they're going to start competing food and so they're going to end up in your backyard eating your dog's food and that's not what you want and so it was uh, it was cool for me to experience i went to the commission meeting here when they when they decided the california stuff and i got to step up and go toe-to-toe with me whatever her face uh, whatever her name is and go toe-to-toe with her she's trying to take it away and i'm trying to advocate for uh, for hunting purposes yeah. and and water go down and burning flames because she she's absolutely wrong. I almost I would bet that she doesn't even believe the shit that's coming out of her own mouth. I I think that that's the case for a lot of them. I I literally believe that they have so much emotion wrapped into their belief system. That it's it's like they know that it's inappropriate and not science proven or backed, but they they feel obligated to defend it because they've it's it's kind of like a vegan like like these hostile vegans you know um the the status on on veganism is is pretty astounding it's like over eighty percent of vegans revert back to being meat eaters within two years you know it's it's like this crazy stat. But what happens is you get these people that make the decision to go vegan and then come to find out there's all these vitamin B12 and other health uh, deficiencies that come out of that because it's, it's not a natural way for a human to live. And, and, and people get – they, they, they want to defend the position. Like have you ever had a buddy that spent too much on a pickup truck – but he defends the position so much that like he believes <laughs> it was a good buy, but he's trying to justify it to you. And, and, and in his own mind, he starts believing his own his own lie about this great deal he got on a pickup truck, even though, you know, he got bent over a pole. You know what I mean? And so it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing with people like like these vegans that, that they, they become hostile and, and they're extremists and they defend this position. Meanwhile, their health is deteriorating and and you know they're but they're trying to push this lifestyle under these false premises like it's good for the environment which isn't true or that it's healthy which isn't true or that yeah. no animals die which isn't true all these things fall apart but they still defend it to the bitter end that's what these environmentalists do I'm going to be vegan and everybody else is too. Yeah, exactly. And and I I will say like it's not and they're clouded by money. Yeah, and they, they are. A lot of it is a cottage industry. That maybe they go into it uh, believing, you know, against, you know, let's say hunting or whatever. And I think eventually, as they dig into it and they're finding all the statistics and stats and all the data that they can't, they're not going to refute it in their own mind. But that now the money's involved yep. and they're getting paid or making money. You know, the Humane Society is the biggest la- money laundering company there is. I totally. Mean, it totally is. She sat there and the department gave their presentation, which was phenomenal. And then she still stood up after she was pre- presented with the, you know, the evidence or whatever you want to call it, that the bear population is actually probably higher than what they even thought it was. Mm-hmm. And 
she still just sat there and, and told lies and was and like, who, who are you talking about exactly? Was it one of the commission members? This no, lady? the uh, Wendy and she's she's the the head carnivore um, for the Humane Society. Wendy, oh, um, yeah. no, our they our our commission. I mean, they voted unanimous, unanimously to to keep it. So Man, I hope she walked out of there and just felt dumb as fuck. I, I mean, pardon my <laughs> French, but well, I, I do. I just I hate one that of stuff. them. One of them. And I think did. she did. Yeah. 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 One of well, I mean, I don't know if she did or not. She believes what she believes. One of them did get upset and left early because um, Mike Castillo and I got to uh, stand up and talk about bear meat and, and, you know, cause the commission had a couple questions for us and Sweet. the, the lady wanted to like argue about it. And the commission shut her down and was like, we're not here to, you're not here for a debate. We had a question for them. So we're going to let them answer it. We said, right what we wanted to say. and she got so mad. She got up and left. <laughs> and I, feel, I, was like, I feel terrible well, I for, her. I, I feel terrible. You know, that's that's a beautiful thing, man. I'm so glad you guys did that. Uh, I was I was proud of you and Mike Costello and you know everybody else that that you know hunters came together for the state of California. And, you know, honestly, they did for Washington as well. It just didn't work. It didn't work. There was well, there was too much emotional and, was, and, and pol- political kind of things involved in the Washington situation. But we have a chance to get it back now. Well, it was it. The problem there is is the commission doesn't care. Exactly. They don't. They, they, they ignored the science. They, they yeah. don't. They, you could you could tell them that the state of Washington has a half a million bears, mm-hmm. and they would still vote against it. And you could tell in their meetings, and I've I've watched a lot of their Zoom meetings, and you could just tell it does not matter what the what their department because their department came back with a great with a with an, a phenomenal presentation as well that supported a spring bear season. And their commission didn't give two two shits. No, they didn't. So, they didn't care. And it wasn't the whole commission. I, I, I'm defending the ones that that were in favor of the spring bear hunt. I had uh, Jim on on the show, one of them, uh, at one point. And so there, there, Washington has some good commissioners. They have a couple of extremists, leftist, environmental, like or not environmental, but animal rights kind of type folks. You know, you could tell just from their background and the way they vote. Uh, and the points they make in some of those meetings. Uh, Washington also has, I would say, one or two commissioners that doesn't pass the the smell test to be a a wildlife game commissioner. Um, I don't no, want to get they, too far into that, but um, they uh, they do have, like you say, they have a couple commissioners that are, you know, they're not they're not they're not pro hunting, they're not anti hunting, they're they're pro science. Let's say that. Yeah. They're going to follow the science and, and it is what it is. My honest opinion is why do we have commissions anyways? If, if why do we need them? We have a department and they're the ones doing the work. They're the ones doing the studies. Yeah. What, who, who, I mean, these governors, and that's the problem is you got a, a nut job governor here in California. Who's who, who, who gets to appoint these uh, commissioners. And I think it's the same in every state as the governor gets to appoint it, but why do we need them? Well, uh, if, if the, if the system is followed the way that it was originally designed, it's a good system. And, and Idaho I think is a good example of that, but where like Idaho is failing is 
if if the commission doesn't move fast enough, it'll get bypassed by through legislation. And and that's where the system kind of breaks down because our commission here in the state of Idaho, I believe they, they've done a lot of things I agree with and they've done some things that I disagree with, but I, I do believe that they are following the scientific data that's that's in front of them. Uh, on a lot of things, other things, they're just trying, they're just overly trying to be like old, old fashioned or whatever. But, um, I think that where, where the system breaks down, like this recently happened here in the state of Idaho, where our commissioners, um, they, they did kind of drop the ball on a, the, this whole lighted knocks topic in mechanical broadheads. They, they kind of, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if they got stubborn or, um, you know, they have this, this theory and a lot of people will disagree with me on this. They have this theory that, you know, we're trying to keep it as traditional as possible. And I, I, I agree with that to an extent. Um, but I do feel like they didn't listen to the mass masses of hunters in the state of Idaho. And so they ended up getting bypassed through a legislator and that's where our system starts breaking down. Um, where I agree we should have lighted knocks and mechanical broadheads. Uh, I don't agree. It should have been push through legislation and so everybody has everybody or every state i should say has some uphill battles and 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 you know things that i guess let me put it to you this way i'd rather deal with that issue here in the state of idaho than the commissioners in the state of washington and going back to what we were talking about seth and um you know the way that it's these these small regional high populated areas that tend to run the whole state it's it's that's starting to take root in other places. Like I'll give you a great example. Jackson, Wyoming used to be this badass old mountain man slash cowboy town. Um, it, it was a cool place. It was just an absolute all American cool place. And but you go there now, like there is these people are psychotic <laughs> in Jackson. Like, they're fucking psychotic. And, yeah. and they're so pro wolf and pro grizzly bear and these these weird environmental beliefs that don't even apply I mean, they, to reality. It's nuts. They just let a grizzly bear run around town. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. don't. Yeah. I used to go there as a kid, and you know, it, it just it was a, it was a great place, and like I have no desire to take my kids there anymore because I feel like they'd uh, they, they they'd get like propagated by these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> liberal wackos that that uh, have where, uh, basically ruined Matt the town. Spends of, Matt spends a lot of time over there. Yeah, I, I work in Jackson quite a bit. And I hope yeah, you're not I offended. See exactly that. No, no, I'm on your side. I I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> I guess yeah, you're not very far. You're not very far from uh, Jackson yeah, where you're at, huh? Just in, yeah, like an hour and a half drive. I guess I guess my my uh, my beef with commissions is is. is you're, it, you're cutting out really bad line. again. You're, you're cutting out. Try to adjust your phone there and say that again. Am I good now? Yeah, there good? you go. There you go. Um, I guess my beef with the commission is if they would just follow the science that's proven to them, show, shown to them by the department, then I wouldn't have an issue. Totally. Totally agree with that. Matt, you got a take on that? Yeah. I, I, yeah. And what's been nice is back on what we said, you know, where social media comes in, I think more now than ever you know it's it, we're stronger too yeah as far as defending this stuff i think you know, so like, too i i think so what too. was the what's the issue with the the lighted knocks well uh Matt, maybe but i see that as a plus is it, it is I but mean, they it's the, gonna, the it's idea, gonna help you know 
the idea that the mentality that the commission had from, and this is kind of my perception of it, maybe I'm off base, but is is introducing anything that that has like any kind of technology uh, driven, you know, tool or whatever. That like like you know in the state of Idaho you cannot have any kind of electronic on your weapon you can't have you know those scopes that uh, light up or tell you yardage or any of that kind of stuff I don't even know what they're called because I never use them um, and it was the same same with, same with your bow like yeah. your lighted sights and, you can't have lighted sights uh, we weren't you can't even video you know like hook a yeah. Uh, you can't. Uh, I I run those Tacticams, Matt, and and mm-hmm. they have this really cool thing called the film through scope, where you can uh, you can attach it to your rifle rifle scope, or mount uh-huh. it to your bow, and it basically films what you see through your sights or your scope. And uh, oh, and I'm I'm kind of explaining that wrong. It doesn't it doesn't fit on the bow like that. But there's another attachment yeah. you use for a bow. Anyway, you can't use that in the state of Idaho if you're shooting yeah. big game. Um, and yeah. so. Uh, I think the idea was, Matt, and you can chime in after me here on, on this, but what the idea is, the Idaho Fishing Game didn't want something like lighted knocks opening up the door for other future technologies that make uh, hunters more lethal. So they, you know, they're, they're kind of one of the things they talked about was, well, we don't want to have to shorten a season or reduce the amount of tags because all this technology is making it better. That's that's kind of right. how I perceived it. What do you say, Mar- uh, Matt? Yeah, it, it, exactly that. Yeah, the yeah. same thing. That's what I've heard and and, and so it's like too. a gateway drug. Yeah, it's it's it was right. like a gateway yeah, drug so in their mind. And and you we, know we start this and then then what? Yeah. And I think that that was kind of the the failure point from the commission because I agree with with that mentality and I I I, I agree with the philosophy uh, about that. But they were so black and white about it, right? That like there was no right. gray area. A lighted knock doesn't make you more lethal. Uh, a mechanical broadhead doesn't make you more lethal. Um, it, it's it's just a, in my opinion, a, a mechanical broadhead is just you know it's another tool you can use if if you have a preference for them, then then use them, whatever. But in the state of Idaho, we couldn't. So. Um, I think that that's where kind of the failure point came out of is 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 not having any flexibility in that belief because you know it's it's okay uh, to to put a light knock on uh, an arrow. But I think like you said, like they didn't listen to the masses where they're like, you know, yeah. a lighted knock helps me see my shot placement and mm-hmm. helps me helps me get to my game, you know, and and just help. It was just a helpful cool it's just a helpful tool it would have helped me a couple times and and um you know you have people out there that are like oh well uh they're gonna let all this new technology in and now people are gonna be taking bad shots and and i i disagree with that a lighted knock does not apply to that concept and the same assholes that take shitty shots before are gonna be the same assholes that use lighted knocks to continue to take shitty shots so it's it's not applicable um anyway we totally went down a rabbit trail there (laughs) <laughs> we knew we would yeah we knew we would this is what happens no i i want i want matt to i want matt to explain his his routine every season and how he starts and just like his his steps through the season as he baits because i yeah. think it's fascinating i think that the listeners on here want to know how how matt starts and his process yeah, I'd love so to hear that. Matt. I'm going to put him on the spot there and, and have him explain it and his do's, his don'ts, and and all that stuff because I think I think it's I find it fascinating. 
I yeah, I mean, even even going from the beginning, I mean, even before the season, like gathering your bait, get, you know, getting your bait together, making sure you have enough bait. And then, yeah, I mean, every year I, you know, opening day, I put my bait out. And, and uh, I mean, even like this year, it took a month to get a bear there, but I always put it out early season, you know, put a camera on it and and you never know. So when you but, put it out, Matt, um, like season up here opens April fifteenth. Is that is that how it is down in your same 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 here? Yeah. yeah. So how um, what if you can't get to your spot, like because of snow? <laughs> Matt hiked it in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Too. That's hardcore, man. That is seriously hardcore. I am not. Well, when I was I up, am not hiking a barrel there, twenty miles though. Oh, dude! When I went up there and he goes, dude, I had to park right here at the beginning of the year and i'm like you packed shit this far he's like yeah I'm like, Dude, you are you are committed so you said it that is commitment man so you said it opening day and yeah and, then and, and i mean what? i do it every year and you know and these, these bears here they they hibernate five months of the year and and you know depending on the snow level it, you know it, it could be a month before you get a bear out on it but I mean, it seems like every year I'm like chomping at the bit just to get out there and and get it out. Well, what and what is the what is the thought process of getting it out there on opening day? What why do you do? I that think like I think me and Seth talked about this too because he asked the same thing. But like I like it just because it's there. It's it's out. Your sense out. You know, you're you're at an advantage just having it out. Okay. Yeah, that makes eventually sense. they're going to discover it and and you're ready you're set up that well and sense. like i don't know he had he had i mean for a while there you know matt's sending me pictures and 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 all this stuff and it's nothing but 50 crows sitting on it and i'm like damn yeah. <laughs> and matt matt was like this sucks that we're just getting that's all we're getting but the birds are are good because the bears hear them Mm -hmm. Or they're carrying it off and dropping it. And so, you know, the birds on the bait is a good thing because it will attract a bear that's in the area. So that right. would have been like something I would have never even thought about because I was like, these damn crows, I'm going to be done and I'm going to start whacking them. You know? <laughs> they're sitting there. I've been tempted many times. <laughs> they're sitting there squawking, you know, a bear's going to hear that and, you know, wondering what, you know, why they're all right there. Yeah, very true. Very true. They're usually not squawking because there's nothing to eat. Um, so, and bears, bears <laughs> do pick up on that for sure. No, and it was like the other thing, like, I was like, do you think there's another bait in the area? And maybe they're focused on that bait. And he goes, you know, Matt's like, no, I, you know, if there is another bait in the area, I welcome it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just I, helps I you too. out more. Yep. Yeah. I totally uh, agree. Some with that. of, I hear people say that all the time. You're like, ah, is there another bait there? Uh, I mean, look at it like they're helping you, you know, though, say your bait, you say you have another bait, you know, two miles away, those bears are going to travel in between baits. Oh, for too, sure. So for sure. Puts you at an advantage. Of, yeah. It just helps you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and so when you first said it, Matt, how often in that early season, you know, that, that when, it, when it's still April, how often are you going back and checking it? I mean, minus Seth coming to hunt it, you know, I, I kind of just leave it. And, oh, okay. And, you know, maybe, maybe go up, 
once a week and, you know, kind of check it, maybe pack some more bait in with you and, and, uh, you know, put some more scent out and, and, uh, yeah, it all depends on the snow, you know, snow level too. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's like we said earlier, once, you know, one bear discovers it, it's like, yeah, it's it's pretty consistent after that. So, um, I want to ask you some like just generic kind of um, basic bear hunting technique questions. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, what what do you recommend uh, time of day wise to sit at your barrel uh, and and don't miss it no matter what? So like, <laughs> I think we learned this, didn't we? <laughs> well, I, I and the thing is, is like I've never done this before, so so he. Matt humored me when I came up there because the first day we hunted, I'm like, we're going up in the morning. We're sitting all damn day. <laughs> and because my theory is, my theory is, is I'm not going to kill while I'm sitting in town. So I might as well sit there just in case a morning or an afternoon bear came in. And and Matt humored me. We sat there day one. No. Uh, and so I was like, all right, we're going to do what you want to do. Yeah. So like in, in the past, I've learned that like the last two hours before dark, best time Okay. You know, even even the last hour, the golden hour, that that's the best time that the bears come into the bait. And yeah, I, I laughed because Seth wanted to get up there so fast, but you know, I get it. I was you know pretty excited just to get up there. But yeah, usually, I mean, if you're in the tree by two or three, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little later best time so i usually and and i think that it changes so in the panhandle of idaho we're on uh we're on pacific time and we get we get light super super early and this time of year it doesn't get dark until pretty late like um mm-hmm. we we don't I, I should look it up so i don't talk out my ass but <laughs> there's there's not much dark time right now so uh where does it tell tell me that on this little app sunrise so right now sunrise is at 4 46 a.m uh sunset is at 8 39 so it's dark about 10 after 9 uh in in about two weeks that's going to be dramatically different where it's it's not getting dark till um like after 10 o'clock uh, that's not abnormal for june up here i don't know uh, if it's like uh, that down there uh, cause I, I remember when I, when I lived in, uh, when I lived in Utah, I was really paying attention to when it got dark It never stayed light as light as late as it does up here. So anyway, yeah, you're way, it's cause yeah. you're way North. Yeah. We're, we're way up here in the North. So, um, the, so even I, like, like early season, I've, I've learned that, you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be heavy on my heavy on the bait and, you know, once these bears start discovering it, I'll, I'll, hold back on my bait now now there's competition at the bait so these bears are coming in earlier too trying to beat the other bear for less food so now i oh. cut the bait back and and now they're fighting to get in there gotcha okay which, which some of that i mean they like they don't care they want to just be the first one there yeah to eat yeah i just and that's kind of been what what i've been doing this year uh i was sitting my bait barrel last year because i was getting i was getting bears on it at all sorts of random times i mean 6 a.m 10 a.m 1 p.m you know uh but the most were coming in like you said about two hours before dark and and that's when it was the most frequent so um 
and see that's where that's where your camera comes in and mm-hmm. is going to help you pattern them now just because you pattern them doesn't mean you're you're going to kill so everybody thinking that oh you're running cameras you're cheating no it's going to help me pattern them but just because i pattern them doesn't mean they're going to come in because they may smell me and they may not like it you know so it's it's still that's just another tool you know yeah, we had tough. we were running the camera up there and matt and i would watch videos of it and the bear we were after he was acting like he was afraid he was he kind of acted skittish and we couldn't figure him out that, but that's where we, we finally, thought it was us yeah yeah and so yeah we're like man something we're doing what we finally realized is when he would act weird and run off he was chasing another bear we just never saw that bear on camera until one of the last days and we watched him chase we watched him chase that sow off and we're like that's what he's been doing the whole damn time and that's why (laughs) that's why like we're in here in california when i run cameras most of the time i'm running two cameras in one spot one face one way one face in the other oh, whereas if idea. we would have been doing that in idaho we would have seen the other yeah, bear there was another bear right bait. that bear huh. was circling the bait and he didn't like it that's okay so that's he, good to know maybe i should i have an extra camera maybe i ought to take it up there and put it at a different angle yeah and then you, i mean for us too i mean you could you can learn what direction they're coming from maybe they're coming from the direction that you walk in so you know maybe he's figuring you out yeah too yeah well and that's and we and we uh we figured that out with the bear we were watching we thought he was coming from a different area and we finally figured out he was coming up the path we were leaving on and so that was telling us that he was waiting for us to leave so you're you're going in on one path and leaving on a different path is that what you're saying no No, it was the same trail yeah, oh, gotcha, gotcha. But he uh, was hunkering down somewhere in that area we would go come in and go out on. Okay. Yeah. Huh. This is all... It's, I, we, dude, we it can, is, I'm not going to... It is frustrating, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah. it's totally frustrating. Man, it's totally I'm up frustrating. there, and I know Matt was frustrated, but man, I was like getting pissed. I'm like, this mother effer better come in tonight. So yeah. well, I, the I, problem, least, problem we have is, uh, you know, he he's there every day. Yeah, and we are too. You know, it's just a matter yeah. of crossing paths. Well, and so he would he, would, uh, he would come in two different times. He'd come in in the morning, and then he'd come in in the evening. Yeah, and then he'd come back in the middle of the night. We're like, that's what, what I was gonna say. Yeah. Is like, there's, uh, you, you know, you could say you have these bears pattern, but I, I swear, <laughs> last year, yeah, you know, they were they were showing up all the time, and I I counted, I confirmed that there were over. 10 different bears showing up on this barrel right and and there was yeah. probably more but there was a couple of them where i couldn't i couldn't tell if there was a different if that was a different bear or the same bear kind of you know situation um and and people to the to those who think the you know between the cameras and the bait and all that kind of stuff uh that that it's easy or or, or whatever um you haven't tried it man go try it because yeah. i had all those <laughs> I've bears never, I've, last I've year and I, I did not kill a bear last year i did i did not now i could have uh on one occasion but i was being a little bit picky um and so i you know i'm not saying i i, I totally failed <laughs> but i did I, I did fail because that big sucker i was after he was uh his head when he, he when he walked on all fours was taller than my barrel uh he was a big sucker and so i i was really hoping for him but he was a lot smarter than me and i never did get him so i did i didn't tag out last year yeah and, that, i mean 
and you'll see if he comes back. He'll probably be back this year. Dude, I oh, wish yeah. I wish I would have followed your advice and known it uh, like last fall on the on the whole run your camera on video. I got the damnedest like oh, picture that's stream. A I've got this. Uh, I set this salt lick out to see if there was some elk, <laughs> and this freaking black bear comes in. And he grabs my salt lick, and then the next picture, it, it's like he's rolled on his back with the salt lick kind of in the air. He's holding it. And then the next picture is he's rolled over on his haunches there, and he's trying to pick the salt lick up. Uh, and, it, and so the whole thing, there's like there's like six or seven pictures. He's trying to steal the salt lick, and then he determines <laughs> that it's too heavy for him, so he runs off and, and leaves it there. It's the funniest freaking I had to send him to you guys. They do some super comical stuff. Yeah. In fact. In fact, we have a uh, my camera that was out there. It it had a glitch, but we had a bear sitting there uh, pleasuring <laughs> himself uh, for a while, and we had some good. And, and it started. Yeah. It, we saw pictures, but the video wouldn't work. And I'm like, that would have been the best video oh my ever. God, that would have been that uh, would have been a viral video, man. Yeah, we were sad that we we have a picture of it too. I need to post it on Instagram, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you said, it's like you were saying that like you, you pretty sure you had other bears, but you just couldn't tell the difference. Uh-huh. If you'd have been running video, you probably would have been able to tell the difference on, you know, the yeah. way they, their movements and just their, their, they're not that hard to, um, identify as separate bears when you can see them on video. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you, you can see like a scar on one or or, you know, maybe something with their ears or you can find something more likely to, you know, know if you have different bears. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to set that tonight when in fact, I need to wrap this up, guys, because I got to I got to get rid of the head up there. I hope my reindeer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go. Soaked. <laughs> Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm just, I pulled out the manual to this, this, uh, I have so many different types of troll cameras. I forget how each one works. So I'll, I'll figure that out now. Um, uh, but I appreciate the, the advice on that. And, um, yeah. I think, yeah, that was a fun episode actually. Um, we should do it again. <laughs> Seth, you're Heck always yeah. a good time to get on. And Matt, you, you pass the, you pass the whole intro to podcasting <laughs> test. Uh, I, I, yeah. I have you on again for sure, man. I appreciate it. Heck yeah. So, I like it. So thanks again, uh, Seth. You got any closing thoughts, man? I know you got you've got a lot of you've got a lot of thoughts and opinions out there on on bear hunting. If if uh, you have one last message you wanna you wanna put out there, huh, I don't think you got enough time, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, I just I just think when it comes to hunting in general, I think that uh, non hunters and 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 hunters just need to be more open minded to how other hunters hunt. Just because you don't agree with it doesn't mean you, that, you know, I mean, it's like the baiting or the dogs or, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. Just try it. Well said. No, that that's absolutely right. I think that I think that the the whole and this is a new thing. And I think it's it's uh, made worse by like social media and stuff. But the whole I do it differently and I disagree. That means we cannot be friends concept is is right. it's getting old. It's getting so old. It's so childish. I mean. Even with bear baiting, I mean, I find myself just watching them sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's enjoyable just to watch the bears. Yeah. And, you know, even now I'm like, oh, there's a bear right there. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, just doing that. No, no, that, exactly. It's it's super entertaining uh, and, yeah. and educational. I mean, it's super educational. I mean, it, it's it's amazing what you can actually pick up. Um 
I mean, not so much at like a city zoo or something, but like in your neck of the woods down there, Matt, you got that Yellowstone bear world. Uh, yep. <laughs> you drive through that thing and you actually learn a lot about uh, bears and behavior. We, and we we actually drove through there because we, we came and got a puppy down in Idaho Falls uh, uh, yeah. last September. And that bull elk they had in there with the albino cows and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that thing was, he was just absolutely bugling his ass off. And, and you learn a lot just watching him do that in, in that kind of setting, yeah. you know. Where he's just kind of yep. ignoring you, doing his thing. So anyway, <laughs> and uh, we thought we thought we thought for a minute that's where we were going to have to go. Yeah, home. like maybe I'll just take <laughs> stuff there, and you know. Yeah, that's that's. I think that that's a once in a lifetime draw tag uh, for the state of Idaho. <laughs> but, that's a that's a that's a life sentence tag. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you're really fast, I think you could do it, but. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Don't anybody. That, that'd be one big bear. That would be a big bear. <laughs> that is a baited bear for 100%. For sure. For sure. So, well, guys, I appreciate you guys joining me. Um, Matt Drake, uh, what's your Instagram handle again? The, it's, it's Matt Drake, Matt Drake Baiting. Baits 208. Matt Drake Baits 208. So, guys, I'll put that in the show yeah. note. Uh, and then we have Seth Watts, who is Black Bear Pursuit. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, and I think it's like Black underscore Pursuit or something like that. Black Bear underscore Pursuit. Yeah, Black you... underscore Bear underscore Pursuit. Yeah, you type it in, it'll. I'll pop up. Yeah, I'll I'll just I'll put all that in the show notes. So all you guys have to do is uh, hit the uh, hit the whole link there, and it'll take you right to their Instagram profile. And uh, Seth, you're in, you're pretty entertaining to follow, man. Uh, I I enjoy watching uh, the stuff you post, and you got a lot of good content, uh, especially like you said with some of the challenges uh, and limitations being in California. So um, anyway, well, I think the last thing I'll say on the reason I started my my Instagram was mm-hmm. to show that there are hunters in California and that California does have a lot to offer as far as hunting. And I want people to come here from out of state. I know there's a lot of people that don't want people from other States coming to their state to hunt, you know, for whatever reason, I want people to come here and hunt. I want them to see, Hey, we have good hunting opportunities here. Give us a try. You don't have to live here. Just come here and kill animals. I would. I mean, I'd come down and see yeah. you, man. Yeah, there's, there's huge bears there. Now. Yeah. Let's come and do a fall bear hunt. Yeah, I'm me in. And, me and Matt. <laughs> we'll road trip it. All right. Come on down. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. No, Bring I, your birdie stock. I, 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 yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll call my buddy Guy and see if he'll send me a pair of his so I can borrow one. Uh, I'm too cheap to buy my own. <laughs> so. They're expensive. All right, guys, I, I appreciate it. Thanks again. That was a fun talk, and let's do it yeah. again soon. And uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. All right, man. See you. Thanks. See ya. You made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We sure appreciate your support. This is Jim Huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at Instagram at The Western Huntsman and on Facebook at The Western Huntsman. And you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.